Well, hey, I didn't get to greet all of you, so Merry Christmas to all of you. Thanks for being here. And I want us to do one thing, right? Um, There are a handful of us uh, who are serving you guys today who we get paid to do it, right? So we are getting paid to be here today to serve you, and it is a pleasure to do that. But the vast majority of people who are serving you uh, in the worship team and the tech team aren't getting paid. They're, they're giving up time with their families to come serve the Lord and serve you. And so, man, I just want to thank them and appreciate them. And let's give them a round of applause. Uh, last night, we had a Christmas Eve service last night. That's what churches do. Didn't know if you knew that. We had a Christmas Eve service last night. And about midnight, when I'm thinking to myself, man, I think we got us a Christmas Day service. I better start looking over my sermon. I realized that I had left my iPad on this thing right over there. So I wasn't about to get in my car at 1230 at night to come over here. So what I did is I got over here early this morning. And I found my iPad, and I sat right in the front row over there um, in front of the Gomez's where Joe was sitting. And it was nothing on in the building except for these Christmas lights and the heat. And it was quiet, and it was dark. And uh, the screen was up, and so there's windows back there. And the sun was out, but it was kind of breaking through clouds, and it hit some of the trees. And in a way that I was not expected, uh, I was very moved. Um, I was in a room that has a lot of meaning for a lot of you. There have been many laughs in this room and joys in this room with hundreds of kids in Summer Spectacular throwing kickballs around. There have been funerals in this room where we have wept for people we've cared a lot there have been decades of Christmas Eve services. Um, And I just sat there, and if you know me very well, you know I'm, well, you you know I don't say churchy things, right? I don't, I I don't know. Half of you are still really trying to figure out, is he a pastor or not? I don't know. The jury's out. The real pastor's tied up in the lost and found over there. He'll, we'll let him go in a few weeks. Um, But man, I just want you to know that I prayed for you. And I didn't know who would be here. I didn't know you would be here, but I did pray for every single family that would come and worship with us today, um, that God would be gracious to you. And God is gracious, but that you would experience his graciousness. And some of you, it's an amazing day, and I just pray that the Lord's joy would surround you. And for those of you who there are some hard things today, I prayed that all the words we see on Christmas carols about peace and comfort and hope would be what you would experience through the Holy Spirit. Um, So, man, you've been prayed for. And I do hope that the Lord surrounds you today, wherever you find yourself, with just what you need for today when you leave here and go back to your homes to celebrate Christmas. Christmas is this interesting time where even in our own stories, and we've probably done this the past few days and maybe the past few hours, and you'll do it the remaining hours. And sometimes we don't even know we do it. But Christmas is this interesting time when we kind of, we're in the present, but we have different things that pull us back, and we look back, and then there's different things that make us think and look forward, right? Maybe the past few weeks or last night, you've watched a Christmas movie. Last night, my family and I watched a Christmas we got to watch us a traditional Christmas movie. Well, last night, we watched the most amazing Christmas movie ever produced, Daddy's Home 2. Have you ever watched Daddy's Home 2? Oh, the Christmas joy that fills that, right? Maybe you've watched different Christmas movies. Maybe you watched some classic Christmas movies. You've watched It's a Wonderful Life. And somewhere in that, as you're watching that movie, it makes you go back 
to a moment in time when you watch that movie. Maybe a moment in time you watch that movie with your mom or your dad, you watch that movie with your grandparents, you watch that movie with your kids. Watching a movie, maybe this season or maybe later tonight, is going to take you back to some memories. But even as you watch those Christmas movies, maybe some of you are already going to be looking ahead because you're going to be like, man, I'm sick of Christmas movies. I'm ready to watch some college football, right? We, we're in moments that we look back and we look ahead. Maybe in a few hours you're going to go and you're going to have whatever you have with family that's gathered out of, from out of town. And there's going to be kids, your kids who now are married and have their own kids are going to be in the house, and it's going to cause you to look back. And you're going to somewhere in your dinner or somewhere think, man, like I remember when this was the moment when everyone was around the kitchen table and they were six and they were seven and they were eight. And that moment, your dinner today is going to make you look back to a moment in time in your family. But as the dishes start to get washed and the plates start to get put away and that last cup of coffee's had, maybe some of those family members are going to start to look ahead because they have planes to catch and they got long road trips to take and they're going to be in a place where there's been looking back and there's looking ahead. Maybe your Christmas tree. You're going to leave here as soon as I get done talking and we sing that last song, which won't be too long from now, don't worry. And you're going to go home and you're going to turn on the lights to your Christmas tree. And you may light a fire. And as you look at the lights of your Christmas tree, it's going to bring you back to that cold, chilly day when you went somewhere with hot cocoa to pick out that tree. Usually it's not that nostalgic, right? Usually it's like, let's just get a tree and go home. But, but you're going to turn your lights on. You're going to look back to maybe, maybe when you got that tree. But also, when you turn your lights off tonight for the last time on the Christmas tree before you go to bed, some of you are going to be looking forward to when you get that thing out of your house, right? There are some of you, who, there's two camps in this room. Some of you are going to wake up tomorrow morning at 545 and take your Christmas tree down. Then there's others of you, it's going to be Valentine's Day, and it will still be in your house, right? But as you turn the lights off, you'll maybe today look back to when you got the tree, and you'll also look ahead to when that tree and its needles are out of your house. We're finishing up today. It's our last Sunday in this Christmas <clears throat> series that we've been doing. We've been doing it for the past several weeks called What Child Is This, right? What Child Is This? Obviously, that title is taken for the name of the old Christmas carol. And what we've been doing, right, is thinking about what child the Bible talks about Jesus was from that Christmas carol that asks, what child is this? And that Christmas carol is itself a Christmas carol that looks back to try to capture the moment when Jesus was born. What child is this, right? Capturing thoughts about the night of Jesus' birth. Some of the lyrics are, what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Looking back to that moment, the author who wrote the lyrics to that song, he was the son of a surgeon in England. And when he was 29 years old, he had a near-fatal illness that totally changed the trajectory of his life, right? Successful family, successful path, had this near-fatal illness. As he hit that illness and it gave this curveball in his life, this severe depression just surrounded him that he couldn't shake. And he wrestled with it and he was trapped under. And in that time, all of those things and that author's, that lyricist's life were, were, were a turning point for him that caused him to have this spiritual awakening to who Jesus was. He became this avid reader of the Bible and was just immersed in it. And from that experience of going through different moments of hopelessness and hearing about hope through the Scripture, it caused him to try to capture, as he looked back, some thoughts about who Jesus was and so he wrote the lyrics to that poem to look back to Jesus. And as we've used that Christmas carol title 
as the title for our sermon series, what we've spent the past several weeks doing is we've spent the past several weeks looking back at prophecies about who Jesus would be, right? Different prophecies given. And what's so interesting is we've looked back at prophecies about Jesus, and each of those prophecies were given to people who themselves were looking ahead to when they would see that king come. We've looked back to things that were told to people, and those people who were told those things were themselves people who were looking ahead. As we've looked back and thought about what child is this, we've kind of seen three things, right? Here's the three big ideas we've seen about who Jesus was, these amazing truths about the gift that Jesus is and was. We look back, and the first week I was up here and we saw words that were given to people who were looking for a king, and we looked back and saw that the king who was going to come was a king who was trustworthy and could be trusted who would be a wonderful counselor, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. This morning, one of the gifts that you have is a king in Jesus who is trustworthy and who can be trusted, who is an everlasting father, a prince of peace, and a mighty counselor. Then we look back to some prophecies about someone who would be coming who would save the people from their sin. In our last week, we looked back to prophecies about Jesus being the one who would be the Emmanuel, the God with us. What this season and what our weeks have shown us, what was screaming out to us is this idea about God being present, God being near, God being with us when he took on human flesh and came to earth in the form of of the baby. But this season, as we've looked back, we've looked back, like I said, to people who are looking ahead. You know, we don't, we don't need to stop with just looking back. Because we look back to Jesus' birth and we celebrate and we enjoy it, right? And we sing about it and we read about it. But Jesus' birth isn't the end of the story. Jesus' birth isn't the end of the story. And in many ways, it is just the beginning. Because as we look back to Jesus' birth, you and I this morning, this Christmas morning, also have the amazing opportunity to look ahead at the gifts that are yet to come in Jesus and from Jesus and through Jesus. And so I just want to read to you some things that this morning, right, we look back and we remember Jesus being born, but the story doesn't end there because we are also people who can look ahead with longing, with hope, and with excitement about what we have yet to experience. And so here's four just passages that I'm going to read over you and to you discussing what is yet to come, what we can look ahead to. There were a group of people who saw Jesus go up to heaven, and as they were watching, then what happened? It says, while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. In the New Testament, Titus, it talks about the author, talks about how we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. A passage that I share at funerals that tells us about what we can look forward to is this, 
It says this in 1 Thessalonians, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always will be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. What we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And then out of Revelation, some of the very last words that were recorded um, right about what Jesus says and about the thoughts of Jesus, and we're going to resume our Revelation series in two weeks, but here's what it says, right? This is what Jesus says. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. And then the author of the book says these words, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. When I was a kid, I loved Advent calendars. You got Anybody here do an Advent calendar? Oh my gosh. Next week, year, we're going to give away free Advent calendars. We're going to raise the budget by $42 million. They'll be really good Advent calendars. If you don't know what an Advent calendar is, because like, <clears throat> whatever, for whatever reason you don't, uh, this is an Advent calendar. It was given to me, actually, to our family by somebody in the church, and it really was this nostalgic moment, because I can remember my mom when I was little, every, you know, rolling into December at the end of Thanksgiving, whatever, we'd get an Advent calendar. Here's the way that the Advent calendar works. There are days leading up to Christmas. There are 24 little boxes, and every single day, you pop open a new box, right? December 1st, open it up. December 2nd, open it up. December 3rd, December 16th, December 18th, and you open it up, and there's something good waiting, but here's the super exciting thing for me as a kid. Every single day that you opened up meant you were one day closer. Each day meant that I was one day closer to Christmas. And this was a tool that helped me look ahead with excitement to what was coming, what I was going to experience. And every day in a simple way, I knew, man, every day I'm one day closer. I'm one day closer. In about, I don't know, <clears throat> 10 hours, I'm going to get a little mopey. I am. I'm going to get a little mopey. Because Christmas, it, in, for many of us, uh, there is, for many of us, not all of us, because there are some people who are facing incredible challenges this morning, but in a lot of ways, you feel like it's this fake cocoon, right? And for just a few hours, you can pause, you can be with your family, everything can be, but then you know what happens? It ends. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to see the bills I have to pay. I got to know what I have to do, and it's all real life comes again. And I'm going to get a little mopey because I'm going to think, man, the best is behind me. But you know what? What if I had a perspective that, that I don't need to look back because I'm going to keep looking ahead? Because I'm going to keep looking ahead to the greatest gift that I have yet to receive when Jesus comes again a second time. What would it be like? If I was a person and if you were a person as a follower of Jesus who lived with an Advent calendar mentality, living with the same sense of excitement, knowing that each day is one day closer to when we shall see him as he is and we shall be like him. 
I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. Today is a day that we look back to celebrate the birth of our Savior, but the story doesn't end there. We also look ahead to the day when your king, your mighty counselor, your prince of peace comes again and you will see him and all will be well. Each day is one day closer to that amazing gift that we have to yet to experience. And so we're going to do something this morning, right? We, we, you know, I, I'm a guy who needs things to help me remember things. So on the way out the door today, you have a Christmas present from Calvary Church. Don't get excited. It's not a Tesla, all right? It's not even a $4 Starbucks gift card. But this is what it is. It's a bookmark. It's a bookmark that says the king is coming. The king is coming. And what I would love for you to do, grab one of those bookmarks, take it home, <clears throat> throw it on your fridge, throw it in your dashboard, throw it in your Bible, throw it in a book, throw it, I don't know, on your toothpaste, put it somewhere. And this is a way that you and I can have a tangible thing to look at when life gets hard and the days get long and we feel like all hope is lost, that we can look ahead and we can remind ourselves that each day is one day closer to when the king is going to come again. We're going to sing a song, and I've ruined it for you a long time ago when I first got here, but we're going to sing a song that's not a Christmas carol. It's not, I promise you, I wouldn't lie to you. We're going to sing a song called Joy to the World. It was never, ever written to celebrate Jesus' first coming. It was written to celebrate and to remind us of the joy and what it will be like when Jesus comes a second time. So I'm going to invite you to stand up, and together we're going to sing this carol, and we're going to proclaim it. And these words are pointing to what we have yet to experience, the gift that is yet to come. We look back to celebrate Jesus, but we look ahead to know that one day the King is coming. Have an amazing Christmas. May God bless you, and we'll look forward to celebrating the kickoff of a new year with you next Sunday. Let's sing together and then go home. <laughs>